0: everybody. Welcome to our experience, the ASCP podcast. I'm Chad Wurz, chief executive for ASCP, joined by my tag team partner, Tom Hansel of Hansel Health. And we are excited today to talk about one of our leading, not bleeding episodes. We're going to talk about employee scripts. Stacking revenue to something all pharmacies and pharmacists need to embrace. There are so many options to add to the bottom line, from vaccine services to at-home programs, administering vaccines, billing incident to physicians, and medication therapy management. One area of low-hanging fruit, though, that helps the pharmacy and impacts the insurance premium for pharmacies' businesses is employee scripts. They say the shoemaker never has shoes. Is pharmacy taking advantage of servicing themselves? And we're super excited to have one of our long-term care pharmacy luminaries, Joe Witt, here today to talk about this issue. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chad. Look forward to talking with you and discussing this today. Absolutely. Why don't you give us a little bit about you and your history and your background and what you're doing today? Sure. That sounds great. So I started
1: out in long-term care about 35 years ago with a company called Pharmacy Corporation of America, which was a part of Beverly Enterprises. It later became Far America, and I stayed with Far America for about 13 total years before I went out and got in, stayed in senior housing, but got into some technology business, worked with a group over out of Israel. We sold to 3M, then went back into the pharmacy with Lynn Ship Connor, which awesome lady. We all know her, love her, mentor. I was with her for about three years before I went to work with Trilogy Health Services and eventually ran their long term care pharmacy division, which was, which is now Synchrony Health Services. It was, PCA Pharmacy at the time, they're at Synchrony Health Services to... to We had long-term care clients as well, where we would work with them and provide services to their clients. Currently, and I semi-retired and went to work with Precision Healthcare Search. Uh, That's Michael and Tricia Alisansky. And what we do now is we do some consulting, but we do recruiting with a focus in the long-term care pharmacy market. And we are advisors to groups wanting to buy or sell pharmacies, which we've sold, you know, this year, we've sold two pharmacies for some great people and we'll continue doing that. So hoping to stay in the industry for a while longer and enjoy it, love it. A great industry to be a part of, although it can be challenging at times. There's ways to move it forward. It's awesome.
0: Well, do you want to talk a little bit about you know where you started to to think about employee scripts, how that may have gotten started, and ultimately what impact it's had on on the businesses you've been part of? One of the things we
1: were very successful at at my previous company was a medication to home program, which sending scripts home with residents who are being discharged. It's a you know it's a big program right now and. We were looking at that, and we were looking at how we can enhance and better that. And one of the needs that we were looking at is the cost of scripts to our employees through the PBMs and through the insurance. And we looked at, is this a way to save money for our our customers? And is this a way to add scripts to our business and grow our business? And we did some analysis, came up. It took us about five years to open it up and convince our first customer to take advantage of it. So we started out with a large customer service in about 10,000 lives. We took it in-house with our employees. So what it did for us is I feel that it enhanced the relationship with the customer. It also, I think it's a big thing we have to look at as an industry is how do we retain our employees? What are services we can do to attract employees. And and this was something that we were able to do to create revenue, purchasing power, but also to help us with turnover and help our employees save money. So it was, I think it was just not a revenue enhancement program, but it was a program to create a, a positive outcome for the employees, the employees of a customer and build a stronger relationship with the client.
0: Now, were you At the time, was that business self-insured or did you have just a commercial plan for your employees? And I guess the question I'm getting at, did it take any calisthenics to get the insurer or the PBM to say, oh, yeah, you are a pharmacy. You can be part of the network that provides to your own employees.
1: So. I think if when we were looking at it, we looked at being groups that are self-insured. So I think self-insured is is the focus point. I think that makes it a lot easier. And If you're taking business your uh, clients are working with, it's more of a challenge, but it's worth it to go through it. If you can go to a client, if you're servicing a nursing home group that has 5,000 employees and you can save them money every year, you're not only increasing revenue for yourself, you're saving them money. So to me, it works both ways. So I think it's a very positive outcome if done correctly. And both the pharmacy and the nursing home or just the pharmacy, if you're just if you're a self-insured pharmacy, if you're large enough to do it for your employees, that is a win win for you. Does that answer that question? It
0: does. No, it's great. It's perfect. Because I think, you know, back when I was on the consulting side of practice, we would have. Different employers come to us and say, Hey, what do you know about this? And how does it work? And those are the kinds of questions we would have to answer. And I think what's funny about it is, and we do this, you know, across the country, is we put non-healthcare people in charge of kind of healthcare decisions and we ask them to make decisions about employee scripts, even we might, even though we might do it broadly and we might, you know, the employer might be picking an off-the-shelf pharmacy benefit you're still asking them to you know make decisions about the kinds of medications that their employees have access to and that's really difficult to do if you're a mechanical company or you know a plumbing company or you know somebody that just doesn't delve into healthcare and i think it's important for pharmacies to go out there and say hey we can provide you the resources that you need so that you can make decisions that are to the benefit of your employees and ultimately to the benefit of the plan that you're providing to the employees from a financial perspective. It's just good business. So it's it's interesting.
1: And one of the things I think long-term care pharmacies do a great job of, and I was very proud of the clinical group that we had at my last company, is I think they take seriously is the medication working? Is it the right medication? is it benefiting the client? And I think that carries over to when you do it for your employees or your customers' employees. I think you're giving them an overall better service and a better clinical picture of the medications they're on. Are they necessary medications? And I've seen it in my own personal experience where the pharmacist worked with me to get a script changed or get something reduced that that really benefited me. So, I think it's in our DNA to be clinically focused as long-term care pharmacists. And so when we go and move into a different direction, I think it's a focal point and we do a better job than any of the other pharmacies that could be competing with us for these employees.
0: Yeah, I think there's some natural pieces there where our pharmacists are used to working with patients and other clinicians in the med management space. And then there's that other piece that is from a employer perspective, you want your employees to have access to that because you want them to stay healthy and you want them on the right drugs because you don't want them to have to go to the doctor and not be at work and, you know, have conditions that deteriorate where they're sick. And there's so many ancillary benefits to having a much more robust pharmacy program for your employees. And to your point, long-term care is been doing that for 50 something years for nursing home individuals and eventually assisted living and eventually individuals in the community. Why not have that same approach for your employees?
1: And I know, again, I think if you're a pharmacy that you have a partner that is a nursing home group or an assisted living group that is self-insured, it's a it's a natural fit to be able to enhance your business model, but also save that client money. If you implement the program correctly.
2: From my experience, and you and I got to work together several years ago because we had just the beginnings of an employee pharmacy kind of open there. And and you guys came down and visited us. And I know some of the challenges we had, which was really kind of gaining that popularity. There was certainly some benefits for the employees. They get maybe a 90 day supply, get lower co-pays, get delivered directly to their home. But there also seemed to be I don't know if just a reluctance to change, you know, they're they're used to going by and getting their prescription or whatever they kind of had put in place. And so one of our challenges from my experience at, at my company was just convincing them to, to do this, even though they did have cost savings and, and better delivery. What challenges did you guys face when it came to getting people, getting your employees on board to do this?
1: I was very fortunate. I worked with some amazing leaders on the long-term care side that were visionaries, extremely bright individuals. And when they bought into the program, they also worked with us to design the program to where it moved the employees to that employee pharmacy. So we did like the first 90 days was a kind of a soft change over to the employee pharmacy. And then after that, it moved to Working with the PBM, working with the HR people at the nursing home group, and moving it in a direction that I would say this company probably has ninety-nine percent participation, and they have wow. about fifteen thousand lives. And once the people, and I know for me, I'm still get my medications from there. It's much more convenient to have them shipped to me automatically than going to a local drugstore. Let
2: me ask you a question. What challenges did you guys face ramping up and operationally wise speaking?
1: Well, I think, I mean, and it was a mail order program. And so if you're used to delivering medications and you move to shipping medications, I think you have to try to understand what is the best program for the people receiving the medications and how to ship it and what is cost effective with that. And, you know, thinking about If somebody's on multiple medications, how do you get them on that same cycle where you're able to ship five medications to them at the same time versus one or two multiple times? I think operationally, that is the biggest challenge. If you can run a nursing home pharmacy, managing employees getting medications is is a piece of cake because it's just more manageable than when you're dealing with a senior resident or a, a nursing home resident. So I think the big thing was the delivery and, and and managing it and finding out what's the most efficient and effective and safe way to get the meds to the employees and where they're comfortable with them coming. So
0: was one of those methods, Joe, would, would nurses, let's say it was a nursing client group that you were servicing the nursing home, but they were also doing the employee scripts. Would they, would you deliver meds to the nurse at the nurse's? At the nurse's station at the nursing home for the nurse, is that something that they could choose? Or was it all mail order? I'll
1: give you an answer that I think that is a state-by-state rule or regulation. And so we chose to mail versus do the delivery because of some of the state regulations. Same thing as it is with independent living. There are certain states you can you know, deliver and drop off. And there are certain states that you cannot. So that's what you have to look at it at your, where you're at and what are your board of pharmacy regulations or that allow for that delivery.
2: Makes sense. So where does a pharmacy start at? If they wanted to kind of investigate to see if this is the right thing for them to do, what would you advise that they, what boxes do you think that they should check off to see if this makes sense?
1: Well, I think it depends on what you're doing. So I think if you're let's say a pharmacy that you have 50 employees and make it go and be a part of somebody like the group you were a part of or the group that I was a part of where you're going to service the nursing home. You have to do an analysis of what the spend is currently. If they're self-insured, you have to look at that spend and then you have to do some analysis to look and see if you can save them money and what it's going to, how many participants you're going to need, how you're going to manage it. And you do that analysis and look at what you can reduce that spend to. Is it going to impact your purchasing? Is it going to impact uh, your buying power? Is that going to uh, be enhanced? So you have to do a really good analysis and you're going to need a clinical pharmacist that has an analytical mind to uh, work through that analysis with your PBM and you're going to have to get data and uh, you're going to have to look at where you can save and you're going to have to structure your program around that group. And if you go to another group, you're gonna to have to do the same thing. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, no, it certainly does. And one of the things that I noticed from my experience is there's a handful of drugs, we can call them specialty meds, that really changes the data quite a bit. Did you find that same experience where there's four or five medications or maybe just not even 1% of your employees that uh, as you're as you're analyzing this that you know you may or may not want to to bring those into your formulary and have them continue what they're doing did you find the same thing
1: yes the specialty meds were very high cost but it, here's the thing you have to remember if you're self-insured you're paying for those meds so If you're, if you're a self-insured organization, you're paying for those already. So what you have to look at is, can you reduce that cost for yourself and that organization? So you have to benefit both of you. And, And typically... You can reduce the cost. If you're a long-term care pharmacy and you're going to bring your employees in or you're going to create an employee-focused pharmacy for a larger group, then you can reduce that cost for them. Employee retention is critical right now. Like pharmacists, sometimes it's hard to find pharmacists in certain areas. I mean, that's one thing we're doing with precision healthcare is recruiting, and it can be very challenging. So you need to be able to separate yourself as a pharmacy, and you need to look at perks, employee drugs. I mean, imagine that every employee there can just pick their medications up there, and you know they don't have to stop going home when they're running home to pick up their child. It saves them time, and it hopefully can save them money
2: what a novel idea of the insurance company and the pharmacy working together. I've never I've never heard of such a thing.
1: You have to have a person on your side that's going to be very aggressive with the other group. And you have to have the support from the leaders. That's what you need. You have to have that if you're a, a long-term care pharmacy, a part of I was fortunate. I had amazing leaders.
0: Do you have any sense, Joe? And I don't want to be too proprietary or descriptive, but what could it add to the bottom line of a pharmacy, maybe in a percentage, or maybe you could speak of it in terms of how many people were enrolled and what that did for the pharmacy? Because I think most pharmacies, like we started the top of the hour, they're looking for ways to add some revenue. What what could this do to a pharmacy?
1: Well, I think it it, it totally depends on how many lives you're going to save. Yeah. So you have to look at two things. You can look at adding revenue. But you have to also look, is it going to benefit your buying power or your cost? In this industry, you're going to make your margin based on your buying because you're dictated what you're going to get reimbursed, pretty much. So you have to really look at the buying. So is it going to increase your buying power? Is it going to help you overall with putting you into a different category? I th- I think it depends on the number of lives you're going to serve. If it's If you're a pharmacy that has 50 people, it's not going to make a major difference. But if you're a pharmacy that has 50 people and you're a part of a nursing home chain that has 8,000 lives and you're going to service those and get a lot of those, it's going to make a big difference. You're probably going to be able to save a half to 1% on your buying and you're probably going to be able to increase your revenue by a couple hundred thousand.
0: No, that's a perfect answer. Thank you. That's great. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I think a lot of, you know, again, pharmacies may have heard of this, but thinking about it in terms of your client, I think, is a is a good way to think about it. Um, yeah,
1: and if you have self-insured clients, that's key. But right. again, I'm going to go back to the whole employee retention. It costs yeah, a lot of money right. to lose an employee and it costs a lot of money to hire an employee. And we were very, very big on culture. I was a, a big culture person. We had great glass door ratings when I was there, and we tried to do everything we could to enhance the employee relation. And we had, you know, a pretty good turnover compared to the industry. And I think that can save you money. And I think Tons. it's it's critical. And you know, I know we ha- we helped employees. If you have an employee with a child with a disease that's on especially medication and it's a pharmacy tech who's making $20 an hour and that the medications is costing 600 a month and you can get it to them for a hundred, you're helping them. That's a major benefit. They're going to stay with you because they're not going to get that somewhere else. That's a great example.
0: That's awesome.
2: That's cool. So where does a pharmacy go from here? They uh, get this up and running and they're servicing their their employees. How do they grow this business to to, to reach out and to continue prospering?
1: I think it would be critical to look for your clients, your current clients that have enough critical mass to make sense for them that are self-insured. And if you are a pharmacy that is a part of a nursing home chain, then you need to work together with the leaders of that chain to explain the benefits of it. And and I can tell you it's hard. People are so busy. If you don't get them at the right time and the right mindset, They don't like change. The one thing about nursing homes is they do not like change. And this is a change for them. And they're going to look at why it won't work instead of how it can work. But if you can get to them to be able to do the analysis and show that you're going to save them five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars a year, they need that right now. Mm -hmm. They need all the money they can get because the reimbursement is not it's just not where it needs to be right now.
0: Well, and even extending on your original point, they're struggling with staff also. So if they can add a benefit that in turn helps somebody with a child that has a six hundred dollar med get that med for hundred dollars, that that is helping them retain their employees as well. Not to mention the fact that it's if they're not part of your organization but they're they're a client of your pharmacy, it's another tether that ties them to your business and makes it you know a stronger value add. There's just so many good things about it. Yeah.
1: And again, I'll go back to, I think, the long-term care pharmacies do a phenomenal job of being great clinicians. And I think with some of the other, uh, the mail order and the retail have, I think they're so busy, they don't always have time to do the clinical checks that we're doing in long-term care. And I think that's a that's a key selling point. That let's say that uh, you go to a customer and they have 200 employees that have issues with diabetes. Could you create a positive program with them together, a clinical program that would help those employees and keep them at work, and you know save? money for that, that way. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with it. If you just look at it, I think if anybody, if you go to somebody, they'll say, oh, our PBM does that. You have to ask for the results. Let's compare results because they're not doing it. I mean, the insurance companies have a lot to me, they have a lot of bells and whistles, but they don't have their hands or the commitment or the partnership to that nursing home group that you would have as their pharmacy provider.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, even the biggest PBMs don't work with the with, with their insurance companies. They seem to be, um, you know, in conflict. The PBMs don't have really a lot of incentive to decrease the medications, but the insurance company still does. And this is a perfect world where it all kind of works together for the benefit of the patients. And deprescribing, I think, is a real thing in in, in this situation. I know that Trilogy is very advanced. You guys over at PCA slash Synchrony had a lot of different revenue streams, a lot of different models. Where would you rank this employee script idea and, and revenue stream as far as in your list of things that long term cares should concentrate on doing?
1: Yeah. Again, I think that you have to look at the benefits and not just the revenue. It's not an extreme revenue stream just because it's not going to make or break your business but it also is going to depend on how big you are and it's going to give you better buying power if you're large enough and that's where it's going to help you overall i would you know say that with what we were doing when i was there it was it would have been i would have ranked it number 2 behind the long term care because of the benefits it gave the employees and the overall return on investment of it not just the revenue but the employee retention the buying power and that being able to look and take some of the other programs to the next level through that. And I don't know where they're at with that, but uh, they're a great organization.
0: Well, that's awesome. And I think, you know, first of all, thanks for being generous with your time, Joe. Thanks for being in this industry as long as you've been in this trade and being an innovator and a mover and a shaker. That's what makes long-term care pharmacy so unique. I think the last piece of what you talked about really... You know, we talk about it a lot on this podcast and a lot at ASCP, but it's relationships. You know, when you have a relationship with your employees, when you have a relationship with your clients, when you have a relationship with your patients, that is what makes the difference in quality in terms of care. And it's what makes our jobs interesting. The further we get away from relationship, whether it's because a PBM forces you to a mail-order pharmacy, that's where things break down. this is just another example of how to foster and build better relationships with all of those different individuals, the employees, the patients, and the clients. So thanks for for being on today and and sharing that. And thank you guys for
1: what you're doing for the industry at ASCAP. We very much appreciate it. I was a big supporter of it and uh, really, really appreciated everything that is being done for our industry. Awesome.
2: Well, thanks, Joe. Tom, any last words? No, just thank you, Joe. I've known you for a long time and I've always enjoyed learning from you and and spending time with you. So just reiterate what Chad said, thank you for a career of um, great ideas and and great leadership in our industry.
0: Thank you guys. I'll I'll take advantage of that and and throw a plug in, you know, our annual meeting is end of October in Orlando, Florida. If you go to ASCP.com slash annual, you can register for our annual meeting. I know we're actively in the registration process and we hope to see you there. You'll meet great people like Joe and Tom and myself and be able to network with uh, those relationships that are so important in long-term care. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you on the next podcast.